Welcome to the latest edition of Irish Illustrated Insiders Recruiting Extra Podcast. Pete Sampson joined by Kevin Sinclair out in the Pacific Northwest. Obviously a huge recruiting weekend for Notre Dame coming up with Georgia coming to town. We're going to get into all that in our Five Guys segment. Uh, Before we move it forward, we're going to take a look back at the four major visitors Notre Dame had on campus for the opener against Temple, Thomas Booker, Joseph Osai, Kyler Gordon on officials, and then Paul Mawala, the local safety and unofficial. And I think, Kevin, you, you and I probably agree on this, that of those four guys, Notre Dame was in a strong position with Thomas Booker going into the weekend, but I think coming out of it, they probably improved their chances with the other three guys as well. How did you sort of see things shaking out as you were talking to these guys and we were both sort of checking in with sources around Notre Dame on it? Yeah, so I, I think I'll start with the guys who are, you know, sort of on their first visits to Notre Dame. Kyler Gordon, um, you know, in from Everett, Washington, uh, you know, four-star cornerback, really important recruit to Notre Dame. Um, you know, he definitely knew a lot about, you know, sort of had a sense what Notre Dame was about, but he still had a lot of questions, um, some about academics, um, just some about sort of the culture there. He hadn't been out um, to that area, let alone Notre Dame uh, in his life. And, um, you know, traveled out there with his parents. Um, I spoke with him on Monday morning, um, said that, you know, the biggest thing he got sort of from it was a lot of the, those sort of questions he got answered. And he spent good time with the coaches was really glad to meet them, you know, sort of face-to-face. Had a really great time with Jafar Armstrong, uh, 2017 wide receiver. Um, you know, basically the sense that I'm getting is that, um, you know, Washington, Stanford, those schools are all very much in it as well. I, I don't feel that Notre Dame maybe, are, you know, I don't feel like they're in the lead at this, at this time. I feel he's sort of at a reassessing uh, point in the game right now. Um, from speaking with sources, it sounds like Gordon is sort of Washington's to lose, which, you know, makes sense. He's a kid from Washington. Um, they're a hot program right now. Uh, but I definitely got the sense from both Gordon and conversation I had with his mother that Notre Dame definitely gave him something to think about. And I, you know, kind of got the sense that, um, you know, Notre Dame may have been, you know, probably towards, you know, the bottom half. Uh, their bottom few of his sort of top five he has uh, in his mind. But I feel that they've jumped into that top part probably now. He's, um, you know, looking at visiting TCU on his, uh, during his bye week, uh, I believe on October 6th. Um, and his, his mother said that he's looking at taking multiple additional visits to Notre Dame. So um, whether that'll be an official to Washington, uh, we'll see. Uh, his coach told me, you know, I believe in the summer that, you know, he wouldn't be taking more trips to California because he's already sort of been down there. Um, to visit the schools uh, who've offered him. So um, Notre Dame looking good for Kyler Gordon, um, but I'm certainly not crystal balling him there anytime <laughs> soon, but we'll see how things go. Um, more visits uh, in the future. Joseph Osai, defensive end from Texas. We weren't sure if he was going to make it uh, due to the hurricane, obviously, when he made it uh, to Notre Dame. Um, I've heard, um, you know, that he had a really great time there. Someone told me that he said, you know, that he could see himself playing at Notre Dame. Um, I know that, um, sort of just before he visited, we sort of, you know, heard from a source that um, looked like, you know, Texas A&M was sort of in the lead there with maybe Notre Dame, maybe running second, um, which was more than what we thought. We thought Notre Dame was, you know, definitely running third. Um, but it sounds like Notre Dame is going to get more of a fair shake with him than maybe we originally, um, you know, had thought. And I know Pete, you'd sort of gotten some uh, intel on that. What was that again? Yeah, I mean, there were, some people around Notre Dame felt like coming out of the weekend 
that they were sort of 50-50 with Texas A&M. Um, they, and they felt like going into the weekend that they were running behind the Aggies but ahead of the Longhorns. Now, I think what happened over the weekend with Texas A&M completely imploding at UCLA has to at least play a small factor in getting Osai to look harder at Notre Dame because it looks like there's going to be a coaching change in College Station. So I think Notre Dame is uh, – I wouldn't – I wouldn't go as far to say they're optimistic because I think they're going to get him, but I, I do think they improved their chances there. And I agree with what you're saying about Gordon. I think he was, even though on paper you look at him and say, like, this is a kid who would fit in really well at Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame was sort of a long shot there. Uh, I think one of Notre Dame's positions with Gordon is just like they feel like he would, in fact, be a great fit at Notre Dame, even if he has never had never been out here before last weekend. And that's just a lot of, a lot of ground to cover. Uh, but... They, I mean, he's definitely their number one corner on the board right now. And then, you know, Osai, I still feel like, would trail Jason Oa on Notre Dame's recruiting board, but would still be very high just because he's built, like, guys that they don't have in the class right now. They don't have a lot of length for that drop-end position. And after watching how Notre Dame used it last weekend against Temple, it definitely requires more of your Dalen Hayes-type build where you're, fast like a linebacker, but strong like a defensive end. It's just kind of sort of hard to find guys like that, but I think Osai might be one of them. Right, yeah. Um, you know, adding Osai, if Notre Dame were to add him, I mean, that would take a lot of the sting out of um, this situation with Jason Oa. Um, assuming that he doesn't come to Notre Dame, um, that's still developing, of course. Um, sort of moving on to, with, with Thomas Booker, you know, I felt really good about him going into the visit. Um, I, you know, I spoke with quite a few people sort of about how it, how it, you know, looked and how it went. Um, I sort of heard that some really, I guess, impactful messages were put across to him, um, through staff and, and in, in that nature, um, during his visit that seemed to really, um, hit home with him and his family, um, looked like he was, they were just sort of overjoyed with the whole visit. Obviously it was such a, um, convincing win for Notre Dame looks like, um, you know, Notre Dame football program is back on the uptick, which is, you know, the most important, um, you know, thing for Notre Dame to accomplish during the weekend with the important visitors on campus. And, um, you know, I feel really good about Notre Dame's chances. Um, you have to think um, about, you know, if he does take another official visit, which I think he will, would be with Stanford. Um, you have to like how Notre Dame would sort of weigh uh, in comparison to Stanford in terms of game day experiences, uh, the fan base, Notre Dame just, um, you know, doesn't, it's just so much, uh, just so much more substantial than what Stanford has. Uh, of course, he has um, a couple of former teammates um, on the roster at Stanford, took uh, summer courses there, has that connection there. But um, I feel really good about Notre Dame. I think they're going to land him in the end. Um, Paul Moala is a guy I really tried to connect with him recently, but uh, he's, I don't know, sort of. Uh, dropped off the map a little bit or something. I'm not too sure. But um, did speak with a source this morning, um, you know, someone who, you know, knows uh, people at Penn High School. Um, sounds like uh, Paul Moala and his family, um, you know, sounds like there's some just uncertainty about whether they were comfortable with Notre Dame uh, going into the visit. Definitely really love Notre Dame. Um, sort of have a past with uh, Manti Teo and Robbie Toma. Uh, when they were um, at Notre Dame. Um, but we're uncertain about whether, you know, Paul Wallow would be comfortable there. Sounds like they may have made some, uh, Notre Dame may have made some headway that um, in that regard. 
on the weekend. Um, I'm feeling really good about Paul Moala choosing Notre Dame, but um, there's definitely an asterisk there. Uh, just with this whole safety recruiting situation in Notre Dame, it's a really interesting follow. Um, you know, guys like BJ Crims uh, come to visit this weekend. He keeps telling me he's, you know, certain that he's going to be getting an offer. Um, you know, I've heard sort of through some sources that Mike Elko's really high on him, really sort of making an emphasis on aggressive safeties, and he's certainly that. Um, also, you know, of course, Houston Griffith uh, visiting Notre Dame this weekend and, and Julius Irvin as well, a couple of, you know, the best in the in the nation at that position. Um, you got to wonder what their pe- what Notre Dame's pecking order is, um, where Paul Moala sits in that decision time frames, all that murky, but interesting nonetheless. And um, yeah, I definitely feel good about Notre Dame um, adding him if the cards fall that way. Yeah, and what I had heard on Booker coming out of the weekend was that Notre Dame had done a, a good job hitting the marks that differentiate them from Stanford. They, they clearly know what the competition right. is there. And in terms of what those marks are, it's the attention that comes with Notre Dame versus the attention that comes with Stanford, not just media attention, but fan attention, attendance at games. And, you know, with Brian Poley and Notre Dame's recruiting corner having worked at Stanford, it's a pretty easy incredible critique for him to draw to be like, Hey, if you want to go to Stanford mm-hmm. and play in front of 30,000, that's fine. If you come to Notre Dame, it's going to be playing in, in front of 80,000 every week. Um, that's, and they feel like Booker is the kind of kid that's going to respond to that. It's not just sort of a, a last dish effort where they were like, Oh, okay. You know, this is, we're going to throw this out uh, as sort of a hail Mary recruiting tactic. They feel like, Booker likes more of some of the celebrity that comes with being a, a Notre Dame football player, and there isn't much of that at Stanford, but that would differentiate Notre Dame from Stanford. There's some, I don't get a sense that Notre Dame has an idea of when he's going to decide. And look, if he doesn't take an official visit to Stanford, I think we will all be blown out of the water by that. But um, Notre Dame can afford for that to go on a little bit longer because it's not like they're in a position where they're turning down defensive linemen or in a rush to fill the (laughs) class either because they have a really nice foundation set with Adam Alola times two and Franklin. Um, It's a nice, it's a nice group in terms of what they have already. Um, You know, beyond that, Paul Moal, I'm Kevin and I were in agreement on this one too. I just think it's, there's just some uncertainty about how much Notre Dame likes him. There's no question about that. I don't think that they like him as much as Julius Irvin or maybe another guy here or there on the board, but it's not going to be a situation where Notre Dame is going to lose him because they didn't recruit him hard. Um, I think that they've done a good job with that. It's just figuring out whether the the kid wants to stay home or not. Um, you know, does he want to go out West? Does he want to go to Iowa? He's got a former teammate uh, committed there. Uh, he has some other options. So I'll, I'll be curious to see how that shakes out, but Spinning it forward to guys coming in this weekend, um, Kevin, why don't you lead it off? Because, I mean, there are there's some really talented official visitors coming in, but there's also some really interesting underclassmen coming in as well. Yeah, there sure is. Um, let's start with one, I suppose. Um, 2019 weak side defensive end Jason Bargy uh, from Moments, uh, Illinois. Six foot four, two hundred twenty five pound kid, and he's uh, rated number one twenty one overall in the class. Um, Bargy, I spoke with last night. Uh, it was kind of funny as I gave him a call, asked him if he was going to be visiting this weekend. 
um, said he wasn't sure. And then as we were speaking, opened his mail and there was Notre Dame tickets in there um, and quickly decided he definitely was going to visit Notre Dame. He visited um, in early April, April 4th, I believe it was, uh, received an offer then to go along with his offers from uh, Illinois, Iowa, Iowa State, Michigan State, Minnesota and Purdue. Um, you know, this is a kid who is extremely physically gifted, um, very explosive, um, like a big, powerful, sort of mature physically, um, really wide tackle radius. Like just exactly what you want at that weak side defensive end position. But he's quite raw. Um, and you'll notice that on his film if you check it out. Very high ceiling kid. Um, you know, he's the type of kid you, you just when you watch him, you're like, well, this is a like an SEC caliber future type kid. Um, you know, at his high school, he played played running back and weak side defensive end last year. He had over 1,200 yards rushing, um, just powerful, explosive, physical, almost hits violently uh, type kid. Just needs to be sort of honed, and um, he's really impressive. He really likes Notre Dame. Really enjoyed his visit. Um, I guess I could almost sort of compare him to this year, uh, this year's uh, prospect, Richard Jabuner, uh, another guy who has just those really powerful, um, explosive traits, natural talent, um, just needs to be coached up and, and put out one position. Uh, he told me this year he's playing some outside linebacker. Um, they also move him inside to Mike linebacker. Um, it's probably a scheme type thing, but I definitely think he'll be a weak side defensive end at the next level. So visiting, um, this weekend, uh, important visit in my opinion, told me he's starting to get mail from the SEC, uh, Georgia and Arkansas, um, have been yeah, showing some interest there. So we'll see what happens there, but it's, uh, that's definitely an important visitor for Notre Dame. Yeah. First one up for me is Houston Griffith. Kevin, you sort of broke the news that he was visiting this weekend, um, top hundred prospect, for us, and you know, somebody that Notre Dame has been on since his freshman year, I think that Notre Dame is a still a, a major long shot. And in some ways, I feel like this is free tickets to a really good college football game. But um, also, you know, if he's if he's down in Florida with the hurricane coming in, it, it, that may complicate matters as well. But um, I, you know, you got to take your shot if you're Notre Dame. Uh, whether you think he's a safety or a corner, you could use help at both. Um, whether you think you're a favorite or a long shot, you got to at least try. So I, I think that's it, it's an interesting visit because I, I thought that the ship had really sailed on Houston Griffith, that it was going to be more like your Florida State, Ohio State, Michigan type of recruitment. But um, he's coming back, and with all the commitments here and some of those guys were at the opening where Griffith was over the summer. Uh, certainly they've interacted with him. You know, Micah Jones knows him, both being from Chicagoland. Maybe a chance to climb your way back into this one. It would be a, a big shock to me if that happened. But um, it's it's notable that he's at least scheduled to be here on Saturday for the Georgia game. Yeah. Um, my next guy, another 2019 uh, prospect running back, uh, Eric Gray. Um Realistic as the number two all-purpose back uh, in the country from uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I watched his film yesterday. I was really, really impressed with him. Um, and he's kind of just what the doctor ordered for Notre Dame in terms of, um, you know, running backs that they'll be looking for in that class. If you look at this year, two more sort of bigger, stout, down, more downhill threat type backs with Junior Smith and Marquis Stepp. Uh, Eric Gray is a guy who's a, a big threat in space and uh, attacking the perimeter. Um, really good top speed, but also really good burst and acceleration. 
um, sort of good sort of ankle bend, gets around the um, beats the, de- the defenders around the edge uh, often and turns up big yards. Shifty um, can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, he's going to be visiting Notre Dame on Saturday. Uh, told me that Notre Dame's actually been showing him a lot of attention, lots of mail, lots of, you know, everything that, that you can do with a, a 2019 recruit up until um, the contact period where they were able to reach him. Um, you will be visiting Notre Dame. He was trying to get there for a game last year, but wasn't able to, was trying to get Tyrus Invasion, all those things. Wasn't able to, so he's really excited. He watched uh, the Temple game uh, last Saturday, saw the rushing attack, was really impressed, is very in tune with, uh, you know, the quality of offensive linemen Notre Dame gets. He likes all of those things. Um, you know, it kind of interesting college football background with him. Um, his uncle is Maurice Hall, who split carries with uh, Maurice Claret at Ohio State when they won the championship in 2002. And his father, um, his father played at uh, Tennessee State. Um, you know, so he, anyhow, really excited about Notre Dame, but also listed off this huge list of other visits he's taking uh, Ohio State and, and Tennessee and Georgia. So he's got a bunch of other visits. He's going to be a highly recruited kid. I believe he has around 15 offers already substantial offer list um but he's a a guy to to know about and if you want to check out a good highlight film check out eric gray on huddle yeah definitely uh i'm gonna go with one of the official visitors this weekend the biggest guy by far is jamari salier the five-star offensive guard from atlanta georgia 6'4 342 i saw him at the opening he was the best lineman offense or defense there and one of the best players overall Uh, the fact that notre dame's getting I think a fourth visit out of this kid is really impressive. Um, it's uh, this w- this would be a real coup for Notre Dame to to get him because it's not uh, it's definitely not a recruitment that I I think is set up for Notre Dame to win. Uh, but Notre Dame's offensive line is arguably the best in the country. They played excellently last week. Quentin Nelson is probably their best player with Mike McGlinchey. And this guy could sort of be the next Quentin Nelson. On top of that, the fact that a true freshman offensive lineman is playing right now and Robert Hainsey, I think, is an interesting pitch for this as well. And it's not like Georgia can't show the same thing because they're starting one of uh, Salyer's former high school teammates and Andrew Thomas from Pace Academy as a true freshman. So it's Notre Dame, I, I would give Notre Dame a puncher's chance in this recruitment. If it was if Salyer played any other position other than offensive line, I wouldn't. But um, with what Harry Heastan has done up here, whether that's Zach Martin or Ronnie Stanley or Quentin Nelson or Mike McGlinchey, it's a it's a good place for Notre Dame to be in in trying to pull a guy out of SEC country on an SEC country type weekend up here. So a good performance by Notre Dame, a great performance by the offensive line. You never know. This is definitely a guy worth taking a shot at. Yeah, you bet. Um, my next is uh, another 2019 running back, Ches Malusi, out of Naples, Florida, Naples High School, six uh, one, one seventy five, uh, ranked number two hundred four overall, number nine running back in the South. Uh, he's, he'll be visiting on Saturday. Uh, a little bit of concerns about um, the hurricane, uh, apparently, but I've, I guess they've sort of mapped it out, as he told me, and um, they're more concerned about getting back than getting up there. So um, we'll see what happens there, but. Um, you know, Belusi, he made it clear right when we first started speaking that, you know, Notre Dame is the school that's been showing him the most interest and that they lead in his recruitments. 
Um, he's been high on Notre Dame for a long time, uh, ever since I first started checking in with him. Always sort of made it clear that the, the Irish are his, you know, the top program. Uh, USC running sort of second there, um, and then North Carolina kind of lurking there as well. Um, planning to visit USC as well this fall, um, possibly North Carolina as well. Um, when you think Ches Malusi sort of think, um, you know, a, a dual threat sort of guy who lines up at a wide receiver, sort of like Kenny McIntosh, uh, which is interesting. They're both from Florida, both being recruited by Notre Dame. Um, you know, I had, I've sort of looked into, I've watched online a few of his games this year, two of them. Uh, one of his games, I believe he rushed for 156 yards and a few touchdowns. And the next game that I watched, they were playing a really tough opponent. Um, and, you know, he still put up over 130 yards and a few more scores. Um, really uh, another back, sort of like what I spoke about with Eric Gray, uh, where Notre Dame's going to need um, some backs that can sort of attack the perimeter and maybe get involved in the pass game. Um, due to sort of the, the pair that they got or that they will be getting uh, in 2018. Uh, and Jez Malusi is one of those guys. And, you know, it seems like Notre Dame is, uh, has them has him, sorry, Malusi, high on their board. Um, as offers from Notre Dame, USC, Arizona, Boston College, Kentucky, Miami, Michigan, North Carolina, Ole Miss, Rutgers, and Virginia. Um, heard from Denson on the first day of the contact period. Um you know, so definitely some signs there that Notre Dame's really interested in him, and they're on the top of his board. Yeah, next up for me, uh, I'll go with Julius Irvin, the four-star safety out of Southern California, Survey High School. Notre Dame's been on this guy for a while. Uh, this is, you know, to get an official visit, even though it's, this is more of a Pac-12-based recruitment, I think it's critical. And, you know, we were talking earlier in the show about, okay, that second safety, does Notre Dame have room for it? Is it essential? Is it not? It would be if it was Julius Irvin. This this is a guy that people around Notre Dame have said this guy's a freaking stud. Um, they think he is a big time prospect for them. And if you compare him with Derek Allen, that would basically be a perfect game at the back end of the defense. He's six two one eighty two. Uh, if you get him to go with Derek Allen, who's six two two twelve, those are two big athletes at the back of the defense. So I. It's going to be a tough pull for Notre Dame. This is maybe their one and only shot to have him on campus, but they hit the right notes and he sees that they're playing young safeties. Maybe Notre Dame could sort of move the needle a little bit there. The crystal ball on, on our network is at least all the way on Washington right now. I, it would be a, a surprise if, if Notre Dame can get urban, but uh, Brian Pullian's on the case. The defense is much improved. They're playing young guys. It's another situation where I think it's sort of set up well for Notre Dame to at least make a strong impression, even if they can't land Julius Irvin in the end. Right. My uh, final guy, Avanta B.J. Krim, um, 2018 safety out of Ocala, Florida, Vanguard High School, six foot, 195 pounds, uh, three star prospect. I believe he's an overlooked uh, prospect. Definitely uh, impressive safety, uh, especially, to, you know, to do with his, I guess, aggression and just sort of flow to the football um, instinctual prospect. Um, again, at 195, um, good size there. Um, you know, former Central Florida commit, um, 13 offers, sort of Iowa State, Louisville, Central Florida, Rutgers, Wake Forest, that sort of pool of, of, um, of programs uh, offered him. Um, Clemson, Florida State, a few other schools um, outside of Notre Dame, um, giving him a, a hard look. He'll be at Notre Dame this weekend. Really excited about that. Continues to tell me that he's expecting to get an offer. He's told that he'll be getting an offer. Um, 
leaving on Friday with his mother, um, really wanting to um, make sure she sees Notre Dame and, and has an idea of what they're all about. Um, Notre Dame would clearly stand out in his offer list. And, you know, he, if he, he were to get that offer and tells me that they would definitely be, you know, his best offer if he gets, if he does get one, um, but he will wait. He's planning on um, visiting Wake Forest and Clemson and possibly Kentucky um, before making his decision. Doesn't have a time frame right now. Says his, uh, you know, without having offers, his top three right now are Louisville, Notre Dame, and Clemson. Obviously, Louisville being the only school he ha- actually has an offer from at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I, it's going to be interesting to see how this shapes up again with this situation with Moala, uh, Julius Irvin, you know, Houston Griffiths coming to visit. Um, it's really interesting to see how this whole safety situation shakes out. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a spot where Notre Dame, if you can get the guys on campus, make an impression on all of them, then sort it out later. I think a delay is probably good for Notre Dame there. Uh, next up for me, Gordon Porter. Uh, he's a three-star receiver from Etiwanda High School, Retro, Cucamonga, California. Uh, you know, it's interesting talking to people around Notre Dame about him. I think there's there's sort of a difference of opinion about how good he actually is. Um, but I mean, Kevin, you've posted sort of on our, our board, on our site about how productive his senior season has been going to date. Um, I think he's a guy that's going to be rising up Notre Dame's board that might go from, you know, your next level. If we don't get this guy and we don't get that guy, we'll take Porter to, we just want Porter. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen this weekend, but he's a guy that I think there's a lot of momentum behind Notre Dame with, and they they need more help in this class, and if you end, you go with him, Micah Jones, and then Kevin Austin, who's worth mentioning because he was going to take an official visit this weekend. That was canceled due to the hurricane. Um, I think Gordon Porter is a guy that's seeing his stock rise with a very, very good senior season, uh, and I think Notre Dame's interest and willingness to to grab him sooner than later will probably be reflected in that. So Gordon Porter, I, I think he's a guy to – to watch even more than probably you already were if you're into wide receiver recruiting. That's it for this week's Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra Podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday, our usual day, uh, to recap this weekend. Did Notre Dame pick up a commitment? I can tell you that my sources inside the Goog say they're, they're not expecting anything imminent, but they do expect with a, a win that last season will be flushed and they'll create some recruiting momentum for themselves moving forward. So until then... Kevin Sinclair on the West Coast, Pete Sampson here in the Midwest. You've been listening to the latest Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra podcast. Thanks for listening.